Okay, here we are. This was a good episode. Another good episode. This is one written by... This is one written... Here's the crazy part. Sabine wasn't in it. No. Okay, is that a good thing? All right. So this one is written by... Written by and directed by Dave Filoni. All right. This is episode five of Ahsoka called Shadow Warrior. Okay. We can't wait to talk about this one. All right. We are Father Son Galaxy. I am Kerwin. This is Keith. Thank you. If you're new to the channel, welcome. We ask if you're not a subscriber, please subscribe. Uh, hang around, listen to us. Comment if you're listening to us live or if you're going to listen to us later comment at any time. We love your comments. All right. And for those of you who've been here before, welcome back. Thank you. This is going to be a fun time. So let's just chill, relax, and just say what's on our mind, you know, you know, without offending Here's anybody. What's on my mind. I would okay. like without to offending to anybody. I would like to go to sleep. Okay. All right. Well, let's just, come on, let's hang in there. All right. So what exactly happened to Ahsoka? You know, there's a lot of theories really out there. It. Yeah, I think they left it up to interpretation. They didn't explain it well, and yeah. that infuriated me. But I, I feel as if we deserved an explanation. Because it made no sense that the place Ahsoka was was formatted like it's the world between worlds. But it's not. Because it's some place, I don't know, in or outside of space-time. I don't I don't get it. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes it, it's okay to leave things to uh, people's interpretations. It's not always the writer's job to, you know, spoon, uh, spoon feed you every single well, thing. I mean, they don't, they're writing know. the show. Yeah, well, I know, but I think what they're trying to do is, you know, we're all smart enough to determine, you know, draw our own conclusions, right? Mm. So here's what I think, and it's the same thing that I said last week. Um, Ahsoka... Her body has gone through some trauma. She was, you know, thrown off the cliff, fell down into the ocean. Boromir so, part three. Yeah, so she is immobilized, but, you know, the brain function, you know, she is seeing visions of a loved one who has been long gone, and that is Anakin Skywalker, all right? Why do people keep getting thrown off cliffs like Gamora, Black Widow, now Ahsoka? That's a very good point. What is happening? And it's all within Disney. <laughs> do you, you think... You think Disney has know, a plan Disney to get has, rid of characters or I just throw Disney them off the cliff? I think Disney just kind of has this corroboration where they're, where they're like, you know, we could just throw these people off cliffs. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you something. So yes. this... On a quick tangent, by oh the way. Go ahead. I'm just going to be I'm gonna be petty for a second. Oh, no. How did Captain America going back in time... And Captain not, America? Yeah, how did Captain America going back in time okay. not affect space time because uh, captain america no okay now now you're, you're you're in the wrong i'll explain to you why you just told me a week ago i said to you you know time traveling is very difficult to do and there's no movie out there that's done it well and you told me that avengers endgame did do it well now you're bashing yeah, but the movie i'm just thinking why? about it I'm thinking, how is it that Captain America going back in time did not affect the events of First Avenger, The Avengers, Age of Ultron, Infinity War, so-and-so? Mm -hmm. Like, one of the most crucial parts is in Age of Ultron, because by then, Cap would have been 100 years old, and he's fighting like normal, which wouldn't make sense. So... If he were if he were fighting like he was a hundred year old man, then that would literally mean that he was like a hundred years old fighting a sentient alien robot type thing. And then he his job was to guard the body of vision while Black Widow stalled for time. Okay. So it we saw in what if there was an entire episode about if he hadn't done that then you know, Ultron would have gotten to Vision's body and transformed the two of them into Infinity Ultron and then conquered multiverses. Yeah. When do you plan to start talking about Ahsoka? Episode five? About now. <laughs> okay. All right. You know, one day you and I, and I've said this before, and I know we haven't done it yet. We need to do a rewatch of uh, Endgame, Infinity War and Endgame. And then maybe we'll do some type of an analysis. 
But that's for another time. Hey, at least when Endgame got rid of characters, okay. they did it in a very sentimental send-off. Understood. Instead of basically leaving all of their development right. on the floor of the writer's room, like with the Flash. Okay, so now we finally get to a point where their like we've been Parker. looking to see Anakin and Ahsoka together on the screen, right, in live action. What was this conversation going to be about? What are they going to say? What's going to happen? And we finally know. So basically, Anakin is trying to teach Ahsoka a lesson. All right. Let's get into what this conversation was about. I thought it was very interesting. Okay. So can we start there? Okay. Uh, so one thing that Anakin said when he saw Ahsoka, you know, at the last, the end of the last episode, he says, well, I'm, you know, uh, surprised to see you here so soon. Okay. And then he says that he is here to finish her training. And I said, oh, wow, that's very interesting because you're right. She never finished her Jedi training because she left the Jedi, which we know the story about that. So this would be the perfect opportunity to show her, uh, you know, to train her so that she would now become a full-fledged Jedi. And it brought me to that episode with Kanan when he went to that Jedi temple and he also was put through a test in order to be knighted a Jedi. So I thought maybe that this is what was going to happen. But nah, not necessarily. So that's not what happened. No. All right. So now, you want to say something? I'm just going to say it. Okay. About Ahsoka? Yes. The episode? Okay. Ahsoka. All right. Go ahead. See, now I forgot. Okay. Well, don't worry about it. All right. So then he says to her, okay, what do you want to do? Do you want to live or die? Okay. Now, to me, Anakin comes off as the light side Anakin. And the dark side of Hacken, all right? So what he's trying to, to offer to Ahsoka is if you choose the light, that means you want to live. But if you want to die, that means you choose darkness. And he's bringing both, okay? Um, so now Ahsoka says, well, I don't want to fight you. He challenges her, and then she has to defend herself. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're, so, we're in the war between worlds, right? Okay. Um, like you said, you know, space and time doesn't matter. World between worlds, they're having this clash. The world between worlds, and then, well, hopefully that's what we need to find out, right? Maybe it wasn't. I, again, I'm thinking it's just a vision. You know, she is traumatized and she is seeing a vision of Anakin Skywalker. So Yeah, but if anything, if she's seeing a vision of Anakin Skywalker, you'd think Malachor would be what came to mind. That was probably the most traumatic experience Ahsoka's ever had because she saw her former master as this force of evil. That's I mean, just yeah. thinking that he turned to the dark side literally made Ahsoka pass out. So you'd think, if anything, the world between worlds was less traumatizing than most of the things Ahsoka's been through. Yeah. Well, that's a very good point. So, you know, Ahsoka's been through a lot. Let's just be honest, all right? She's seen a lot of wars, Especially as a, a lot kid. of battles. Absolutely. From the time she was 14 years old. So it, it was trying, it was hard to determine exactly what she is visioning at the time. So they couldn't show you all the battles that she's been a part of. So they only show you two events, right? And let me know out there, anyone on the live stream who has an idea as to why these two out of all the battles and wars that Ahsoka has been through, why these two? I think I know why, but yeah, I just like to hear from other people. So the first event is one of her early lessons, right? So she, again, 14 years old, this was uh, a Clone War battle. Uh, she's on a first mission with, with Anakin and she has no idea what's going on. And, you know, just, you know, it's just, I mean, it's, it's literally a war, you know, like, you know, there's blast of fire going off and she's running and she doesn't know what's, what's happening. She's so young, you know, just, Imagine that, you know, I guess it really didn't occur to me in the animated series how young she was. But um, here in the live action, you just feel for her like she's just dropped in the middle of this war. OK. And so she's asking the questions, you know, like, well, why am I here? What is this about? Going through the motions. Yes. Yeah. And Anakin's telling her, well, he's trying to teach her how to lead, how to be a soldier, how to survive and how to fight. Um, what happens if she stops fighting? Ahsoka says she wants to stop fighting. Well, then Anakin says, well, if you stop fighting, then you die. Well, that's not weak. And he marches yeah. off into the cloud of smoke and becomes Vader for two Now, seconds. wasn't that awesome? 
That's awesome. So you got this flash of Anakin walking, you know, along with the clone troopers. And then all of a sudden, a snap. He's Vader. And then snap. He's back to Anakin. That was wonderful. That was absolutely fantastic. Right. Um, and there was something that was very, very interesting. A question that Anakin asked Ahsoka. He said, you know, it was a joke. But I think I want to I want to talk about this a little bit more because this could be telling as to what could happen in Ahsoka's future. So when Ahsoka, you know, is when Anakin is explaining to Ahsoka about, you know, this is war. This is you know, much, you know, you need to know how to lead. You know, this is what the, at this point in time, Jedi are generals or commanders in in this military. And she knows she needs to know how to survive, how to fight. Uh, Ahsoka says, is that all I have to teach my own Padawan one day how to fight? Anakin's response, very interesting. Do you even want a Padawan? Do you want to go into this? I mean, I have this in my notes later on, but, you know, since we're bringing it up, do we? Do you think Ahsoka even really needs a Padawan right now? No. Is he... Maybe I'll Anakin's honest, trying to tell her something. Sabine was a good character in Rebels, but after episode four, that yeah. entire arc just kind of went off the same cliff Ahsoka and Gamora did. Funny thing, funnily enough, Ariana Greenblatt played both Gamora yeah. and Ahsoka, yeah, so we're I guess get it's to just that. a staple of her characters that they get thrown off cliffs Yeah, well, for some reason. That is very interesting, isn't it? Um, yeah, so, you know, shout out to Adriana Greenblatt. Since you brought her up, do you want to tell people who she is? Because I, when you say Adriana Greenblatt, I didn't know who she was, but you do. Uh, yeah, she was from uh, Disney, actually, Disney mm -hmm. Channel. She was on Stuck in the Middle as the youngest sister. Okay, and then you also know that she played Gamora in Avengers. And that was a very uh, memorable and, and heartbreaking scene, you know, after snap and and Thanos has wiped out half of Earth's population and he comes back to his daughter Gamora and she says well is it done and he says well yes and then she asks a question what did it cost you everything, everything. yeah yeah unforgettable wow. moment okay wow. so wow. I, uh, um, Ariana I think I said Adriana but yeah. Ariana Greenblatt Ariana Greenblatt she, her stars on the rise so uh, we'll be seeing more of her. And she's also in the Barbie movie, I heard, which we have not seen yet. If anyone's seen it, let me know what you think. All right. Um, so I thought it was a very good question. So I want to talk about this. Does she even need a Padawan? Yeah. Right. So I agree with Sabine's you. Sabine's put her in more danger as her Padawan yeah. than she was being a member of the Rebels crew. Yeah. Sabine didn't used to be like this. I get that grief drives a person to do things you never would have thought they could have done before. Yeah. Like, Sabine didn't used to be so reckless. She was reckless, but, you know, she still valued teamwork. She wasn't about to literally ditch her friend to go find somebody who could have been gone this entire time. He could be on another planet. He could be fighting Thrawn right now, or Thrawn could have captured him. We don't know, but she's holding out hope for somebody who's been gone for the better part of ten years, and... What is she doing? Are you talking about Ahsoka? No, Sabine. Sabine, yeah. So, like, why did Ahsoka need Sabine as a Padawan in the first place? Right. And she also never showed any Force sensitivities, but Jason, yes. on the other hand, right. Jason Sedula, he's already surrounded by power. Like, his mom is a general... You know, he's around all senators all the time. He's training to be a pilot with Hera and Chopper. So I feel like he honestly would have been a better candidate because he's Force-sensitive. And Hu Yang even calls out his father was a Jedi. Yes, that's true. That's true. All right. So I here's what I think is going to happen with Sabine and Ahsoka, Master Padawan. I think they're going to part ways. All right. I I, they're going to come to a a conclusion that maybe this Padawan master thing between the two of them is not working out. One, you're right. Sabine is not force sensitive. And I know we've talked about how, you know, you know, it 
depends on. I'll be honest, this four sensitivity thing isn't even what I'm harping on anymore. Like, I don't even care that she's not yeah. more sensitive. I was fine with she her being trained on to be a lightsaber, but she yeah. literally turned her back to Ahsoka yeah. when she needed her. And if it weren't for the fact that Ahsoka was in touch with the Force, you know, she could have just drowned and. Yeah, it was hours before the New Republic got there to help sweep all over the place for her yeah. multiple times. It only takes like five minutes for the water to fill your lungs. So for all Sabine knew, she's just leaving Ahsoka there to die. And she was completely okay with this to find somebody who could have been dead for all this time. Even though we know he isn't. Yeah. So what, what was her motivation? Like... If yeah. you, if there's somebody who you can actively save, like a like a bird in one hand is better than two in the bush, you know. It's better to have something that you know is there, rather than to go on a wild goose chase to find something that could have been gone this entire time. Yeah, I, I it it concerns me that Sabine didn't do more to 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 see whether Ahsoka was alive or not. So I do think yeah. I do think they're gonna have to part ways. Yeah, and that's definitely gonna be a lot of high stakes and tension between Sabine and Ahsoka, mostly on Ahsoka's part because she put her life in Sabine's hands. And oh my God, Hu Yang looked devastated. Yeah. Like, he's holding this home. I've never seen a droid look yeah. so sad. He wanted them to stick and together. Like, I told them to stay together, but they never listened. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, oh, my God. Yeah. Which, again, says to me, the master uh, apprentice or Padawan relationship between Ahsoka and Sabine is not working. So, and, and, and honestly, I think they're better off being who they are. Sabine is a fantastic warrior already. She's a Mandalorian. She knows how to fight. She knows how to battle. She doesn't need to become a Jedi. She doesn't need a lightsaber yeah. either. Like That's giving right. Sabine exactly. a lightsaber just makes her character too overpowered. Because even though she's not force sensitive, she has a jetpack. Yeah. She has two blasters. Yeah, she has a rangefinder, Mandalorian armor. And then to add a lightsaber onto that, she could take on the likes of the Mandalorian at that point because she has similar gear. Right. The only thing Mando has that she does it is that uh, pulverizer rifle. Yeah. That yeah. thing that he used on the Jawas in the first season. Mm -hmm. You know when he just kind of turned them into dust? Yes, it disintegrated them. The Thanos rifle. Yes, okay. All right, so right before we get to q and I just wanted to say uh, one more thing that, um, you know, um, yeah, let's go to Q&A. Let's, let's go to Q&A, then we'll pick it up. Was that the one more thing you wanted to No, it, it wasn't. That's all right. Ariana Greenblatt did a great job as Child Ahsoka. She's done amazing in Infinity Wars, Young Gamora, Barbie as Sasha, and now Ahsoka. Yeah, I, Ariana Greenblatt is, she's a rising star, it looks to me, right? I thought she did very well. And she's been acting since she was, uh, what was she, six years old, maybe? I don't know. And stuck in the middle. She was very young. That was 2016? Yeah, so she's, a, uh, I think she's about 16. Yeah, there now. about. Yeah, okay. All right. And then? Okay. What? Eric says, I, th I thought you were going to read it. Eric oh. says, it's her first and last battle before Order 66. That's what I said. That's what I was thinking. I, yeah, I, I, I noticed think that just... second fight was a battle of Mandalore, mostly because of Ahsoka's outfit. It's so much easier right. to tell. Because she has a different outfit from season two, and not season two, season one, and the movie, up until season five, and then season seven, she gets the blue outfit with the blue sabers. We actually have a, a Funko Pop of that and a Lego minifigure of that one. But Eric has a good point because we wanted to see Ahsoka's growth, right? So we wanted to see who she was as a 14-year-old, you know, in a battle or early battle and not knowing what to do and confused and, and scared to this cunning warrior in the Siege of Mandalore, you know, with two lightsabers, you know, wiping people out and she's moving around and she is skilled, By you know, way, top of her game. Um, something yeah. I noticed, Ahsoka seems to be adapting her style during combat because when she was fighting with Balin and during her first fight with Anakin, she's using one saber and then once we hit the siege of mandalore she's using two sabers again mm -hmm. and then in her second fight with anakin she once again returned to her two lightsaber style but she had two sabers readily available 
So why was she only using one in a lot of these fights? I feel like having two lightsabers would have been so overpowered that she would have easily won against somebody who seems as inexperienced as Balin. Like, Ahsoka's been through multiple multiple wars, including, like, the second Battle of Geonosis, Battle of Mandalore, Order 66, and she was right in the middle of it. She even managed to save a clone trooper. Yeah. So, I mean... I feel like they just kind of needed to make it believable why she needed to lose the fight so we could meet Anakin. But that didn't make sense that, you know, she only used one saber. And I get why she used one saber after she picked up the map, because she burned her hand. She was at a disadvantage because grabbing anything would make it hurt more because you're putting pressure with some hard, cold metal object onto a fresh bird, which isn't good. So I got it then, but at the beginning, if she just used two lightsabers, then she would have easily defeated Balin. She could have been the one putting him over a cliff. True. All right. Other Q&A. Alex, question. Could this be more of a metaphorical meaning? Not necessarily Ahsoka wanting to die, but finding a way to move past the guilt and pain and finding a way to move forward and heal and live her life. Yeah. I, I, I well, I, to me, I, I think it's about, first of all, Ahsoka wanting to live, but want, but fighting for her own life, because right now we don't even, she is n near death and we don't know if she's going to make it out. So it I think the question was, yeah. So the question for Anakin is, do you want to live? You know, do you want to, because if you want to live, you, if you want to survive, you got to fight to stay alive because you have so much more to do, so much more work to do. And I will say something. The Something I'm enjoying about Ahsoka is that this takes place at a completely unprecedented time. It's not like we see Ahsoka returning, the rise of Skywalker, and, you know, we, gotta, we know that she has to survive, but we don't know about so-and-so. Like, nobody knows what will happen to Ahsoka, and I feel like that ups the stakes. They're not going to get rid of Ahsoka, of course not, because that's like Dave Filoni's child right there. Nobody's, nobody's going to take out Ahsoka. Nobody has the guts to do that. But it just adds some stakes to the story, some depth, that we don't know the fate of the characters set in concrete because they make later appearances. It's kind of like, you know, the story can be written however they want it to. Yeah, very good. All right, any more Q&A? Okay. Eric says, I think Shin will kill her master. Oh, Balin? Wow. And sacrifice herself for the heroes. Interesting. Bold theory. Bold yeah. Theory, I, but I don't, I don't think Shin, I think Shin's kind of a static character at this point in the show. Like, she doesn't seem to be developing any sort of connection to the heroes. It's not like she doesn't want to fight them because she's eager to fight Sabine. I mean, in the first episode, she literally plunged her sword straight through Sabine's stomach. So, I mean, yeah, I feel like she doesn't have any reason to sacrifice herself. I've, I mean, I feel, I'm feeling that the most valid part of that theory is her taking out her master. I feel like that's the Sith way. You know, that's how Palpatine rose to his power. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. what Vader did later on. But um, right. I think, like I said, I had a theory earlier where maybe Balin's goal is to get Thrawn and get into his good graces and then take out Thrawn and claim all that power for himself. Yeah. But maybe Shin is going to step in there somewhere and take him out. The only thing is, I don't think Shin's on equal footing as Balin. Like, her Force abilities don't seem to be used much either. She'll mostly use, like, basic Force pushes and pulls. But other than that, she's not really... Oh, and that Force joke from Episode 4. But other than that, she doesn't seem to be using it much. If anything, she's less sympathetic than Balin. Because when Shin started force choking Sabine, Balin's the one who told her to cut that out and let Sabine live. Yeah. So if anything, Balin's more sympathetic than her. Uh, you, I, I do agree with you. I don't think Shin can hold a candle to Balin. I don't think she's as strong as Balin. So does 
to me is no way that she'd be able to take Balin out. Now, speaking of theories, I also heard a theory that, you know, because of the age gap between Balin and Shin, that they could be father and daughter. I don't know if that's true. Well, they have different last names. Well, true. Right. Okay. Which, you know. I mean, honestly, that doesn't mean anything because Miles has a a different last name than his dad. Right. Well, whether they're related or not, they have a strong bond. Miles Morales, I mean. They have a strong bond. And I can't see Shin for any reason going up against her master and taking him out. Yeah, me neither. I I feel like that's the most believable part of the theory. I just don't think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. What I see happening more is that Shin's is going to be taken down either by Ahsoka or by Sabine, and that's going to set Balin off. You know, I feel like maybe something that might happen is maybe Sabine exacts revenge, and then after that, you know, Balin's like, I'm going to attack you. And then there's this awesome final fight. Maybe there'll be like a four way fight. Now, something that's kind of awkward. Is that we already had a four-way fight. It was Ahsoka versus Merrick and Sabine versus Shin. They're really setting up this conflict of Sabine versus Shin. The battle of the S's. But Ahsoka and Balin, on the other hand, they never really had like a four-way fight between Ahsoka, Sabine, and Shin and Balin. Even though these are the biggest villains and biggest heroes of the show. I don't know. And Merrick got eliminated by Ahsoka, like, last episode, and he just turned out to be full of gas. Literally. Okay, can we continue with the Siege of Manilow? Because some some very good dialogue taking place between Ahsoka and Anakin. All right. So, once again, as Eric uh, pointed out, that this is Ahsoka's last battle right before Order 66, and she has matured. And then we see and hear Commander Rex, right? Nice work, Commander. Tamara Morrison. All right. That's the voice of you. I, I thought it was Dee Bradley, but it was Tamara Morrison. I figured they're yeah. trying to keep it up with a live action continuity. Well, that makes sense. Like, yeah. you know, if it's live action, it's going to be Tamara. Right. But if it's animated, it's going to be Dee. Bradley Baker. And that might yep. also be because of the age gap at that point in time. Like, this would be. Actually, no. No, I think you're you're on the right track. Yeah, he would have been just stepping into the role by the time of uh, right season seven. He would have been the perfect age to play that Rex. Right. Yeah. If you want to be consistent, you're going to keep Tamara Morrison in live action. Yeah. All right. So now Anakin is walking around, and he says that he is unaware of this battle, and we know why because he wasn't there. Yeah, he was off with the Chancellor. That's exactly right. I like that little callback. Honestly, just kind of a test of your reflexes for any of you Star Wars fans out there. But here's the thing. If he wasn't familiar with the battle, how did he bring Ahsoka there? Like, I'm sure he heard about the Siege of Mandalore, but how would he have known that that exact place? I know he know Ahsoka went to Mandalore because he gave her the lightsabers right before Ahsoka left, but, uh, how would you know the exact place to go to? Did he just scan the planet in preparation for Ahsoka coming? No. Or I, did he just go, did he just like kind of Hypixel Atlas himself over to wherever Ahsoka was? No, at, at these are moment? these are Ahsoka's visions. This is Ahsoka's So he's just going through Ahsoka's memories. Right, exactly. So Ahsoka is taking him on her journey. Right, and this Here's apparently this is Ahsoka's taking Anakin on a journey, but Anakin's yes. leading her through her own memories. In a way, yeah. Also, yes, but that's how dreams work, right? Because you really can't control who's in your dream, what's going to be said, the setting. You know, dreams. Most dreams don't even make sense, right? Also, yeah. um, I'm I'm kind of understanding why Ahsoka doesn't want to fight anymore. I mean, if you've been fighting for like 30 years, ever since the beginning of the Clone Wars and so on and so forth up until now, I feel like 30 years of fighting would have worn me out too. So I don't know if there'll be a season two of Ahsoka. I am really hoping there will be, but I feel like in a way, if this is the note they're going with, 
like Ahsoka's tired of fighting and this is like, you know, one last hurrah for her missions then. Yeah, I I I doubt this will only be one season. I think we're gonna keep this going for a little bit. Oh of course All right. we are. Q and A. Let's let's go to Q and A. What do we have? You guys are the best. You both rock. D <laughs> Thank you, Miss Cole. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, wonderful. Thank you. Um, so we have Alex. Perhaps this Anakin is a spirit and maybe the supernatural are all omnipresent. Though Kerwin's theory of him going through her memories works too. Mm. Yeah. It, it's really, you know, it's, it's left to interpretation, as we said at the beginning. I really can't tell you. You know, this is how I'm seeing it, but someone else may see it differently. All right, Charlie. Charlie. Hello, Charlie. Balin does seem a man of honor somewhat, even though bad guy. I do like that Ray Stevenson has nailed this role. Yeah, he's fantastic. I think so, too. Honestly, I feel like Balin having kind of an honor makes sense in the sense that he was trained in the Jedi Order. And even though after 30-some-odd years, you know, that training might have washed away, some of it stuck. Honestly, it stuck with Ahsoka, and it certainly stuck with Hu Yang, even though he was teaching for like 10,000 years. Of course it did. Yeah. He was, it was literally, what's he, 15,000 years old? Oh, I don't know. It's either 1,500. Older than Yoda. Yeah. 15,000. Yeah. But he's definitely older than Yoda. Mm-hmm. Which means he's probably met, he's probably met Yoda's <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, so just add twelve greats to yes, grandparents, right? Generations. Too big. They all live to Yoda be like species. a thousand years old. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. All right. So I want to talk about. You know, I want to take some of the quotes from their time on the siege of Mandalore. So Anakin, of course, is impressed with her skills, and he says to her, "Within you will be everything I am, all the knowledge I possess." Just as I inherited knowledge from my master and he from his, you're part of a legacy. Honestly, he's not wrong. There's, sure. there's kind of a lineage here. Yeah. Yoda trained Dooku, and Dooku trained Qui-Gon, and Qui-Gon trained Obi-Wan, and Qui-Gon was looking forward to training Anakin, but he didn't get to because Darth Maul gave him that. Gave him just a pew! And then Obi-Wan gave Maul the half-off deal, and he trained Anakin, and then yes. Anakin trained Ahsoka, and Ahsoka went off her own way to train Sabine, but then Anakin had a child with Padme, and that turned out to be Luke, and then he had another child named Leia Poppins, who happened to develop Force abilities later on in the story, and then Luke met Yoda, the frogman, and then he also met Obi-Wan, the, the, uh, his father's master, and then they both became Force Ghosts. They became well with the Force. And then he met his father. And his father got rid of his master, who happened to be the very person who was running the old company that he used to work for. He just transferred to a new department. They were making some changes. And then he passed away. And then Luke tried to train new young legs, but he ended up training Ben Solo, who turned evil, and got rid of his fat dad for an unfair reason. And then he tried to save his mom for some reason in literally the next movie. I thought they were going on some arc with Kylo Ren, but they didn't. And then another time, pilot shot that shot that bay and of Ahsoka the said. ship. And then Leia floated back into space. And then we got Rey. And then Ahsoka she said, exists. my part of that legacy is one of death and war. Now the, re now, the reason why she's saying that is because that's what Balin said to her the episode before, right? So Balin Skull, your legacy, like your master, is one of death and destruction. And she believes that, right? And which is sad. Um, so Ahsoka, you know, so with Ahsoka telling that to Anakin, Anakin's response to that is, you're more than that because I'm more than that. Now, what I'm not sure of oh, is look at if that this little Anakin, ego boost that Anakin buried yeah, into that, that If this Anakin is aware of who he becomes... Oh, it's After. Anakin. So do you think like this it's Anakin, Anakin knows? Anakin. So Anakin knows that he became Darth Vader? Yeah. Okay. It's not like gotcha. it's not like a time remnant version of okay. Anakin. Mm -hmm. It's like the Anakin. It's the Anakin it's has the been Anakin through everything from who we've seen in all of Star Wars. Return of the Jedi, Anakin. his redemption. Yes. It's the ROTJ redemption, Anakin. Okay, right. Okay. So uh, maybe 
Anakin could have said could have said more. Like he could have said, "I understand what you're saying. I know I've done some bad things, but my son redeemed me." Something like that, right? To connect everything so that we know that this Anakin has has risen. He's fallen. He's risen again, right? But here's the thing. Yeah. To add to what you're saying about this maybe being a different Anakin than maybe Ahsoka's dream version yes. of Anakin, like the version of Anakin that she last saw and the version that she knows becomes right. later, not our version of Anakin. It, right. This might be Anakin from Ahsoka's perspective. That's correct. As in the one she grew up and trained with, the one that later became Vader, the one that she fought on Malachor and barely escaped from that fight with. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's this Anakin. Okay. Her Anakin rather than our Anakin, Luke's Anakin. Okay. All right. So, See that I wasn't sure about that. All right. So yeah, but, I think I think this is like Ahsoka's dream version of Anakin, like the dream remnant of Anakin for Ahsoka. Right, because she has never well, she's seen him as Vader, but she wasn't sure when they had that battle on Malakor that could have been my master, but she didn't know, and I think she was well, she's traumatized. Sure now. Well, she's sure Remember now. Remember when yeah. she cracked the helmet? Well, of course she's sure now because this is many years later, and now that she's had a conversation with Luke Skywalker, Luke has explained everything to her at this point, you know. But we don't know. Well, I'm sure she knows that in her dream, but maybe the Anakin that she's seeing is the Anakin that she remembers up to that point, up to Order sixty six. I don't know. Um, but whatever the, the response that she gave back to him about, you know, we saw what you became, that set Anakin off. Now, Anakin got very upset oh, and brought way, her back to the world between worlds. Does Ahsoka even know that Anakin sacrificed and redeemed himself? Well, that's what I'm saying, right. Well, she would have because, to because Luke would have explained that to her. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it even came up. I don't think what would be relevant hmm. to to tell a stranger is hey you know my dad died to save me and he took out that one man who we all trusted for like five years okay well you remember that boba fett episode right yes. where they I okay do. all right I, I know they met yeah but did he explain that anakin oh, skywalker sacrificed himself? oh yeah absolutely because she even know remember she made this comment about you know you're so you're much just like, like your, your father fa right so luke it what would be the point of the two of them, you know, hanging out, <laughs> you know, if he would not, if he didn't sit down and say, well, hey, my father did some bad things, but, you know, at, in the end, he returned back to Anakin Skywalker. He was that Jedi that, you know, that, that Jedi that he was uh, trained to be. Are you sure about that? I Are you sure I'm about that, sir? Positive. I didn't see it, but it, they have had to have had that conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, but if we let didn't me know what you think it, out there. It didn't yeah. happen. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't need to be explained. I think it's implied. You know, once again, yeah. I think Dave Filoni's kind of got to unleash his inner James Gunn and just give us an explanatory no, tweet. But I don't think he needs to do that all the time. I think he's saying, you know, "Yeah, we're while smart they, enough while to put two and two together." Planet that was that Mando went to visit Grogu. Luke sat Ahsoka down for some warm cocoa BD and told her all about what. Well, I do think that that conversation took place. So they just sat, so he sat down for some root leaf tea. Yes. Remember when uh, you made that? Yes. Root leaf. Terrible. For you, All right. So then this terrible set, it tastes. Remember this, this set Anakin off. You know, like I feel like root leaf is like the Star Wars version of Whorehound. <laughs> that tea is disgusting. <laughs> It probably is. I mean, if you saw Luke's face. I, I should have smacked that cup when I had a chance. <laughs> he was he was testing Luke. Okay, anyway. So now Ahsoka and Anakin are back at the War Between Worlds, and he asks a question again. Do you want to live or do you want to die? And then they battle once again. Great and Ahsoka's lightsaber still battle. like, I don't want to fight you. Right. And Anakin's like, fight me. And I think, I think Anakin deep down knew that Ahsoka, she wasn't going to fight him, mm -hmm. but he wasn't going to die, and she wasn't going to die either. I think right. he knew that Ahsoka was strong enough to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him and stay alive. And toe-to-toe. -to -toe, Not necessarily win, because Anakin's still the most powerful Jedi that we know of. Well, this is her dream, right? So she actually grabbed his lightsaber, his red lightsaber, all right? So once again, when he returned 
to the War Between Worlds, and you saw that flashback between Anakin and Vader, and then back to Anakin. And he's got the red lightsaber, and his eyes are, are, are blood red. Yeah, and he is angry. It wasn't even a jump scare, though. Yeah, it was no, no. funny. Yeah, well, no, it wasn't funny, but it was like exciting to watch. And then she just grabbed his lightsaber and held it right at his throat, and said, "I want to live. I choose to live." Hmm. And at that point, she is saying to herself that she is a survivor. She's going to make it out. She's going to come back. And Mom. that impressed Anakin so much. We're going to talk about uh, Hayden Christensen's performance just in just a minute. His facial expression, you know, when he goes from mean to the, you know, when he goes from the light side Anakin to the to the dark side Anakin to the light side Anakin, his facial expression just changes. It's wonderful. Hayden Christensen. This is his best performance as Anakin Skywalker from anything else that he's done with that character in live action, including the, the, the prequels. This was his best performance. His, his facial expression just said it all. And then when she decided that she chose to live and then you saw the light side Anakin come <laughs> back and he says to her, um, there is hope for you yet. So you know that, okay, Ahsoka is back. And then she wakes up. Uh, she's still in the water. She gets rescued, and off we go. All right. Yeah, so that I'm going to have to yeah. go back, rewatch that episode, and run exact calculations on how long each scene without Ahsoka was. And then I will assume that all of the time with all the scenes of Anakin and Ahsoka were just happening at the same time as the other scenes. And then once Ahsoka is out the water, I'll stop the clock. I'll add it all up. I'll divide it by how long it takes for the average human to drown underwater. Okay, why and, do we need to do that? And then we'll see how probable this is. Oh, my goodness. She held her breath. She's a Jedi. That's not how the Force works. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Look, now we got Force tracking. It's called and fantasy. Force water breathing. This is called fantasy. Like, Kid Fisto could do it, but he, Anakin... Here's the crazy part. Yeah. Ahsoka in the Clone Wars needed a water breather when she was on Mon Calamari fighting those uh, trade disputes because those shark men were fighting mm. against the Quarren who were fighting against the uh, the Calamari. I, I'm pretty sure the shark man was a separatist. Now, do you recall in the prequel, uh, the Phantom Menace, right, when um, Jar Jar was uh, showing Obi-Wan and, and Qui-Gon they're on his, the underwater city, and you know uh, Obi Wan and Qui Gon had that tube or something that yeah, they put in their mouth the to breathe, right? And they were able to swim. Yeah, breathing. Anakin and Ahsoka had that in the Clone Wars. Well, too. well, think about it. I mean, you know, the technology must have changed so many years later because that re resistance, not resistance, uh, the 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 Republic pilot, you know was lowered down into the water, but she had no scuba gear on, but nothing. But I'll be honest, she wasn't down there long. Like yeah, okay, they had so all, she held her breath yeah, for they had so already, she was able to hold her breath for a few about, seconds. Like, it was about 20, 30 seconds. Yeah. They had already spotted Ahsoka by then, so all okay. she had to do was like go underwater, grab Ahsoka, get back yeah. up. So holding your breath for like 30 seconds, it's not pleasant, but it's but not it's the doable. most difficult thing wow. you could do. I, I just thought she was, what a professional. She didn't need any type of scuba or anything, whatever they have, you know, at that time. It's got to be a waste of oxygen to yeah. have scuba gear for a 30-second dive. Okay, I got you. If All it right. were, like, even cool. two minutes, then yeah. I'd be like, yeah, you should bring scuba gear. I don't think you'd want to be trying to breathe for, like, two minutes, but... Yeah, okay. 30 right. seconds? Eh. Uh, eh. Okay, let's talk real quick. Forget about it. All right. Let's talk real quick about Jason Sindula. So this is something that interests me. Oh. Yeah, Jason. You want to talk about Jason? Okay, so let's talk about Can Jason. I... We're just moving, moving over a little bit. Uh, you want to say something? No, I was just going to say, can I do it? Yeah, let's talk about Jason. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I think that Ahsoka should train Jason instead. Yeah, like, Sabine has proven herself unreliable time and again. <laughs> yeah. I'm not dissing Sabine, but I'm dissing Sabine. Yes. Like, honestly, Sabine's proven herself unreliable time and again. Yes, we know. And that she'll turn her back on Ahsoka in her times of need. And honestly, if a master Jedi, a veteran of the Jedi Order, is in trouble 
you kind of want to save them, mm-hmm. but she doesn't do that. But Jason, on the other hand, he refused to leave. He used the force to search the water for Ahsoka, no matter how long it took, and he waited with Chopper. He even came off the ship. So honestly, Jason, who's never really known Ahsoka and held a conversation with her for much longer than like 10 minutes, is caring more than Sabine, who's known her for years and just turned her back on her. I'm not saying Sabine doesn't care. I'm saying her priorities she, were out of order. Yes, absolutely. She cared more about somebody who's, who, she who doesn't could even have know been could captured be this yes. entire time. We talked like, about that last week. Like Thoroughly key. Imagine yes. Thrawn just calls him back up and captured Ezra. Right. They did it to Luminara okay. and Dooley. Understood. And Understood. they just kind of used her to lure in more Jedi. Yeah. All right. Um, and then, you know, hey, Jason clearly has the Force. So, you know, she doesn't have to train him to 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 to, to yeah, find the force him within him. It's already there. All right. Alex, do you think Hera isn't allowing Ahsoka to train Jason? Yes, I do. Perhaps that's why Ahsoka's training Sabine and not Jason. I absolutely believe that Hera is trying to keep Jason out the light of fire, yes. but then again, she's put him into the light of fire herself. <laughs> Which is She brought yeah. Jason yes, we talked on about this that mission last with week. an explosive hyperspace ring that literally took out three established mm-hmm. X-Wing pilots. Right. What made you think bringing yourself was a good idea? Could have even put him in the Phantom and had him behind the crowd. So should anything go wrong, him and Chopper can escape. Mm-hmm. Now this is very. We'll just redock and get. Now out. we know that Jason needed to be there, right? Because we know that he was going to help find the soul. Otherwise, now, we wouldn't have ever found her. Right. Exactly. Now, what's interesting is Jason heard the clashing of the lightsabers. That part I'm lost with because and so this did is Hera. Ahsoka. No, Ahsoka did no. Ahsoka Hera did not hear. No, no. I'll tell you what happened. I'll explain to you what happened. This is what a parent does here. So you think Hera heard it? She did not. What she did was. I'm captivated. Yes, good. She believed in her son enough to say, okay. She didn't want to say, well, son, I think something's wrong with you. I don't hear anything. <laughs> so what she, instead, she knows that her son is gifted, that he has a force. So if he says that he hears clashing of lightsabers, was she going to disagree with him? Absolutely not. She said, okay, wow, all right. I don't hear it. I'm not going to tell you I don't hear it, but I believe you. And then that's when she ran off and said, okay, let's cover the area. Hera did not hear the clash of the lightsabers. Let's just make that clear because that means Hera would be force sensitive, and we know Hera does not. So she did not hear it. That's the story. Okay. But that was very, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm wondering, does that sound diegetic or non-diegetic? I'll explain to you what that means briefly. Okay. Basically, diegetic sounds are sounds that are part of the story. Like, yes. for example, in Guardians, when Star-Lord puts on his Zood and he starts cranking out since you've been gone, you know, yes. that music is diegetic because the all the characters can hear it. Correct. But non-diegetic music is like the sounds, the music we hear during fight scenes. Like the score. Yes. You know, like the uh, the instrumental tunes that we'll hear yes. while, say, Ahsoka and Anakin were Our fighting. Battle. Yes, I get now, it. Now, yes. just for reference... Jason seems to be able to hear these sabers. Yes. I think maybe what Hera was doing is she's trying to focus, but, you know, she's not Force-sensitive, so she's taking Jason's word for it, exactly like you said. Honestly, that does make sense in a way, because Ahsoka and Anakin weren't actually having a lightsaber battle under the sea. I think that might be Jason using his Force-sensitive abilities to just kind of pan out and scope for Ahsoka, and he's picking up on that. Hera's just trying to look like she's like she's hearing it. Honestly, yeah. Hera has no relations to anyone who's Force-sensitive except her son and Kanan. Right. Because if she heard it, she would have said, like, yeah, you're right, I hear it too. But she didn't. She just looked at her son, yeah. and then she ran off and said, okay, let's go. Honestly, you're yeah. right. Now that but- I think about it, she she looked like she was focusing, but she didn't say I can hear it. She you're right. She looked at right. Jason, and then she looked back at Carson Tiva, that said, you know, sweep again and keep going until you find her. Right. Because right. Jason did that, but Sabine, on the other hand, she had the chance to destroy the map. I understand that they <laughs> well, would never find her. Again? 
but no, like understood. Okay. She had the chance and she didn't take it. Okay. But Jason, on the other hand, he barely knows Ahsoka. Yeah. This is the first time we've ever seen them on screen together at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he okay. is devoted to finding her. Yeah, and, and that's why he's there. Okay. Um, so, Jason, um, you asked the question, do you think Jason or, or someone else asked the question, I think it was Alex, is the reason why Ahsoka is not training Jason is because Hera doesn't want him trained. Absolutely, well, because well, Hera's yes. probably trying to be protective of Jason. She knows sure. everything that however, Ahsoka and Ezra and Kata went through firsthand. However. Might be a Shmi spot. Might be I, a Shmi spot. Might be a Shmi Skywalker kind of situation, though, where she eventually knows she's got to let her son go and be trained. Okay. But well, honestly, I feel like it's safer to have Ezra or Ahsoka train her because can, she can still see Jason in a way. Like, if Ezra wanted to just pop back in and then say, hey, I'm here, or even better, I feel it might be more fitting for Ahsoka to train Jason. Because once Ezra and Sabine are reunited... They're like brother and sister to each other. And, you know, Ezra's like, you know, I want you to train in the ways of the Force. You don't have to be a Jedi. I just need you to train, you know, do it for me. So I think maybe Ezra could finish up Sabine's training in the way that Kanan did for Sabine. Okay. That'd be kind of a poetic ending. Yeah. You know, Soka would have to let her Padawan go and in turn take on a new one as Qui-Gon once intended to do. I think that moment where, you know, Jason is trying to get his mother to listen to the sounds of the lightsabers is a turning point for for Hera. I think Hera now, not that she didn't know that her son was force sensitive, but I think she understands now that, okay, well, if I don't allow my child to use his gift, then she's doing a disservice to him, right? And I, yes, and I think that she would be happy with either Ahsoka or Ezra chaining, training Jason. Because she knows yeah. them and she knows yeah. they're trustworthy. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So I think she's going to come around. Hera's going to come around and one of the two will train Jason. You know what, Has to. You yes. know what would honestly be amazing, yeah. though? What's that? Is if we finally got to see Omega in live action. And maybe like in a post credit scene and she goes up to Hera and said, Hey, remember me from like 25 years ago? I'm Omega. Anything's Roll possible. credits. Roll credits. Anything's possible. You know, as Deadpool would say, I would. Roll credits. I would love to see Michelle Ang play Omega because she has that Ooh, voice. You know, so can anybody, Nobody else has I, Omega's right, voice, right? So she has to have that voice. Okay, so let's uh, let's let's stay on target here. All right. Um, I want to talk about. Okay, now stay I don't have. Yeah, I don't have a lot of information about this. Uh, this skill that Ahsoka has with listening to memories mm. or understanding yeah. memories. Now, I he- I'm, I understand not, this I'm is coming. I'm not comprehending. Yeah, but I understand that this skill, Jedi skill, comes from the video games, which I do not play. It does. I don't know. Well, that's what I'm told. So maybe someone out there may know. I'm referring to how Ahsoka was able to listen to Ahsoka's memories just by touching the last object. Uh, I'm sorry, that Ahsoka was able to listen to Sabine's memories by touching the last object that Sabine had, now. which was that... That, that globe. I'll say something. Yeah. I I think maybe it might have actually been plausible in a sense. Up to the point where she just started sort of sort of sure. Up Thank to the done. point where she just started straight up hearing Sabine's memories. Yeah. It would have been but, plausible because there was a force ability that was established in like the Jedi Academy books and later on used. Oh really? Yeah, actually, okay. where characters could touch items that other people have touched and then sense who touched it. Like, say, I don't know, I'm trying to think of two random characters. Uh, Han Solo took Luke's book bag full of um, ration meal or something, mm-hmm. and then Luke had to find it, and he found the backpack, but he wants to know who took it, so he could just touch the backpack and then use that to just kind of figure out who wow. touched it. But That's you weren't you weren't able to view memories. I don't know if this is like some sort of Pokemon evolving of the skill. Yeah, but it, okay, that so make sense. like I said, I I don't follow the game, so yes, I understand that this. We got to get that PS4 and get that fall in order. Uh, not really. Uh, so it's so it, it is in the Say game. Again, I'm However, um, I I am also a Star Trek fan, 
And this reminds me, if anybody knows Star Trek, the mind meld. Right, okay. So, you know, that's something that Spock does. I don't know if you know about this. But he can read people's minds, but he has to physically touch them in order to read their thoughts. So, so like, I, yeah. it's so kind of it like Professor X, but yes. contact-based. Like, you know how yes. Professor X and Jean Grey are telekinetic, mm-hmm. so they can read memories? Like, the whole Cerebro thing, they can, you know, like, and read memories. Okay, all right. So, so it, now that makes sense in the sense that literally Marvel has an infinite amount of powers. Like Marvel and DC literally got together and said, let's make a character that can transfer himself to both our universes. And they made Access, who's like a sentry for Marvel and DC and keeps them from crossing over because mm-hmm. they're different multiverses. Alex but, has a good point here. So it says, per Wikipedia, Cal Kestis, Ray, and Ahsoka have used this ability. Ray. Now, is it Ray? What? Because I thought Ray had the uh, uh, the, the 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 healing um, aspect yeah, I thought she had of, force of the force. Yes, force healing. Yes, that she can Grogu heal had people. That too. Right, but I don't know if she, about reading a person's memories. I but that's very interesting. I don't honestly understand how that would work. Like Cal Kestis, I understand because from a okay. from a video game perspective. It would make sense why he'd be able to have that ability. But other than that, I don't remember Ray using it. Yeah. And Ahsoka using it didn't serve the plot as much as it would have. Maybe Balin just threw the map against a rock. Yeah. Like I feel like that would have been better if he just threw it against a rock and it split, but they were able to well, repair it yeah. instead of creating I mean, a whole new force ability just to solve this. Like remember back in twenty nineteen when they released the finale of the Mandalorian two days earlier so that we could get introduced to force healing before they put yes, the Yes, you're Skywalker. right about that. I forgot about that. That's very good. Wow. That's that's true. I look I don't mind these new force abilities. I, I, I don't like it either. Yeah, I just I, I think felt like cool. we could have developed it a bit more. Or they could have given us a heads up. Shoehorned into the plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, that's that's fine because actually Ahsoka used it in the second episode, when she went back to the tower on Lothal and she was trying to retrace um, Sabine's steps, you know, when she Not was. Really. Yeah, well, I, maybe it was used well, in a different way. I don't I thought, think she used it at all. The tower's yeah. kind of small. It was Ezra's tower at one point, so I'm sure she visited there before. Yeah. So, okay. and remember, she walked into Sabine's room. And then the droid jumped out right. and she cut its head off right. and then used that as a memory bank to figure out how to get to Balin and Shin. Okay. So okay. she wasn't really using a force ability, like touching something and tracking. Like that kind of Wednesday, that Wednesday vibe. I feel like this has been done so many times. Like, okay. it's, you know, it's there was cool vibe, yeah. there was Gypsy, there, okay. there was Wednesday Adams. All right. Now, can we, talk about, X, can we talk about the Purgle? Spock. The Purgle looked Jean Grey. better than ever. All right? Can I, I am so Can impressed. anybody, I ILM, dare anybody to step into this chat and tell us ILM. that those Purgles were not looking good? ILM, I know you're listening. Please let me work for you when I turn 18. Oh. I honestly, I would be graced in your presence. Yeah. One thing I want to say about the Purgle, I know we're running a little bit out of behind schedule. Um, we don't have a schedule. Well, the Purgle, it, it just seemed coincidental that they just showed up right when Ahsoka needed them. So I'm wondering, do you think Ezra might have something to do with it? Like maybe he summoned the Purgle to help Ahsoka find him? Actually. Like, what do you think? I have kind of an idea. Okay. You know how Ahsoka was able to bond with Vader as a force connection? Like, both Vader and Ahsoka felt it. They used that later in The Last Jedi with the, you know, the kind of force Zoom call between Rey and Kylo. Yes. So maybe Ezra is doing that with Ahsoka, and that's how Ahsoka was able to, you know, summon the Pergil because yeah, she I, wasn't previously able to you know use, to, yeah. she wasn't previously able to communicate with the animals so maybe that's point. sort of Ezra's way of telling her you know 
these pergils are safe. And she noticed, you know, that's one of the large ones. Be careful or you're scare off the flock. That's something Ezra would say. Like, you know, put your lightsabers and blasters down. We don't want to scare these animals. Yeah. You know, it's not their fault. They're upset. Yeah. It was probably their master. There was a comic book about this, actually, where Ezra did the exact same thing. And he tamed this herd of animals. And then the people who were running it. Let's just say those animals went after them. We didn't see what happened, but I'm pretty sure those animals had a nice feast for dinner. Yeah. It looked gorgeous when they got into space and they were firing up the hyperdrive and you saw the blue lighting in the back. Oh, that was amazing how they lit up the tentacles. Wonderful. Chef's kiss, ILM. Yes. Wonderful. And the music. That was amazing. By Kevin Kiner. Kevin Kiner. Amazing, amazing composer. Yeah, so it it was wonderful. I think it was it was a, a wonderful ending to this episode. This is an episode that people are going to be talking about for many, many years. I to come. loved yeah. this. Yeah. This was awesome. Like yeah. I felt like everything in the show just merged together yeah. and made this beautiful yeah. episode. Yeah, and everyone came to play. I'm telling you. I mean, Rosario Dawson brought it. Hayden Christensen brought it. Ariana Greenblatt. I don't even know who, you know who, who this actor is. She just Until came, like out, 10 minutes came ago. out of nowhere. And then and I connected the dots. Yeah, so it was it was excellent. It was excellent. Um, Especially wonderful. Jason. You know, he was selling it. Yes, Jason, Carson Tiva, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Hera. Wonderful. Hu Yang. You know, what can you say about Hu Yang? It's just... Oh like, God, this, he is the This show best. can't exist without Hu Yang. Hu Yang is so the best is part wonderful. of the show already. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I gotta make that. I gotta make a compilation where it's like Hu Yang being the best part of Star Wars for five minutes and fifty one seconds yeah. straight. Yeah, it almost funny Hu Yang real quick. You know when Jason is, you know she's he's taking Jason to see the Jedi ship, and Jason and says, like, well, "Can you, you train me? me?" Yeah, no. And Hu Yang's like, "No." Can you teach me? Do you know how to build a lightsaber? Yes. yes. Can you teach me? No. no. <laughs> but he will one day. That's something. That's something you would say, Dad. Yeah, exactly. Right when he's ready. When his, you know, you know, his mother has to give. No, no, wait, that sounds more like mom. No, 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 no. (laughs) All right. So yes, I know how to do that. No, I'm not telling you. uh, While we're waiting for final comments, I just want to make an announcement. Um, There's still time to donate. All right. This is for Colored River. We've been talking about this for the last three weeks. Actor and content creator Catherine LaSalle, a friend to the show. We need to get her back on the show. And actor-writer Olivia Celine are launching a Seed and Spark fundraising campaign to produce an independent short film called Color River. The tagline is, conflicted by a violent past and captive to a dark family history, a writer is driven to a natural lens to complete her final piece. So if you are interested in helping Catherine and Olivia uh, with their goal, you can support them by getting the film greenlighted, giving them access to press coverage, and fulfilling their dream of bringing to life amazing works of super talented actress of color, super talented artists of color, all right? So if you donate, if you're interested in donating, please go to colorriverfilm.com, choose the amount you're willing to give, and then that's it, all right? So uh, we ask you to support them. We already did, and we're looking forward to it. So um, we'll see what happens, all right? And then also we have an evening of improv. So there's a benefit to give to kids of the world, right? Our friend Mark Daniel, friend to the show, is a part of this along with others who will be there. Um, so this is uh, an improv. So Mark is a very fantastic comedian. He'll be there with others, uh, John Conan, Robert Pignock, uh, Lisa Glaze, and Carol Stein. This event is taking place on Saturday, September the 23rd at 7 p.m. All right. Uh, So if you're interested in hearing more about it, uh, we have the QR code on the screen. Scan the QR code. And you can also contact us. We We know when you scan it, so scan it right now. Yes. And, you know, if you want to contact us, we can provide you more information about a night of improv. All right. So we're waiting. Any final comments? Yes. My good friend, Kat's friends. Yes. Charlie, thank you so much. Yes. Good. Kat is a wonderful person. Uh, Friends Project. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Catherine is, she has done so much for us. So we're just giving back. So well-deserved. All right. Do we have any others? All right. So this was, as we said, this was an exciting episode. We love talking about it. Um, Yeah, we, we, this was awesome. 
this is all. We could talk longer, but it's all already over an hour. I don't uh, think don't anything wanna... could top this. Yeah, well, look. I, I, we I'm... might be shocked. We might There's... be shocked. So we got three episodes left. Still have not seen Ezra. No Thrawn. I'm getting worried. This is, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, the waiting is, is, is tremendous. And speaking of Thrawn, this coming Sunday, we are actually going to do our uh, character analysis on Thrawn. We're going to talk about his rise of power. I mean, he Goody. was in good graces with the Emperor, and he just moved up the ranks in the Empire. So we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about his arc in Season 3 of Star Wars Rebels. And then we can talk about, you guessed it, Season 4 afterwards. Yes, exactly. Season 4 will be a separate episode. All right? So, thank you so much, everyone. So, Keith, where can people find us? You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, our socials, our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Fathers and Galaxy website, fathersandgalaxy.com. Check out our merch store, fathersandgalaxy.myspreadshop.com. And what else do we have? Patreon page, patreon.com slash fathersandgalaxy. Yes. Shout out to our patrons, Baraxium, John H., and Mary B., thank you so much. Wonderful. We love you all, and we you know, we love all of you who uh, attend the live streams, and um, you know, just love having these conversations and talking questions. This is what fuels us. This is what keeps us going. So please come back next week. Uh, again, you can listen to us or you know watch us anytime, but please leave a comment wherever you listen or watch. Okay. So that is it for to this episode, everyone. Thank you so much once again. So until next time, take care. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you again. again.